Hello there, cat people. Dan the Catman here. Welcome to episode 24 of the Shelter Cats podcast, My Labor of Feline Love. The Shelter Cats podcast is all about shelter cats. Wow, you're shocked to hear that. All about the shelter cats that have made such a huge difference in my life and in many ways have saved my life. And hopefully will serve as an inspiration to get you to adopt a shelter cat or more if you have one already and have the space because more often than not cats do well when they have friends and by friends I mean feline friends adopt don't shop right now as we speak there's an amazing shelter cat at a rescue at a shelter in a foster situation waiting dreaming, hoping to go home with you and have their forever home, just like my shelter cats. I have five shelter cats. And my orange cat, Vance, as I record this, it is a early August sunny day, warm but not terribly humid, in early August. And in my living room window, my orange cat, Vance, who was a, who was a rescue, and a shelter, he was a shelter cat, he was a colony cat, actually. He's passed out on my living room windowsill. He is a major sun worshiper, and he's just laying in the sun, passed out. And my other cats, because it's late afternoon, they're kind of milling around in my kitchen. Like, um, I picture like an old cruise ship with a dining room that used to open at a certain time, and, you know, certain people would kind of wait for the dining room to open. Or when I was a kid, it was the cat skills. Uh, some of you may remember the cat skills. It was, I used to be dragged there with every Labor Day with my parents, whether I wanted to or not. And I was an only child, so a kid going to the Catskills in the 80s wasn't exactly the most fun time in the world. So, you know, there'd always be the old people kind of waiting for 20 minutes, half hour, an hour for the dining room to open, you know, even though they had assigned tables. So that's kind of what, whenever I see my cats waiting in the kitchen for dinner, I, I I think back to those days waiting, for, you know, watching these people wait for the dining room to open so they could run in and get their food. So that is what's going on here. But as much as I'm excited for today's guest and all the amazing animal shelters and rescue groups and organizations and individuals that I've heard from, I want to hear from you. I want to hear your stories. I want to hear about the shelter cats that you've adopted. I want to hear about the rescue groups that you've either founded or worked for. If you've had any role in a shelter cat finding a home or feeding colonies of, of stray cats, if you've done anything, even if you just have great stories about that amazing shelter cat, past or present, I want to hear from you. And we'll have you on the show because I see this as a voice this is about the shelter cats, so I want to give a voice to anybody who's had anything to do with, with, with helping shelter cats, from rescue to adoption to anything. So, how do you find me? I'll tell you. I'm on the web at tylerthecat.com. You can email me, dan at tylerthecat.com. I'm on Facebook. The page is called Shelter Cats. I'm on TikTok, Instagram, and Threads. The page is called Shelter Cats Podcast. 
I have two Twitters. My personal is Dan Tracht, D-A-N-T-R-A-C-H-T. The, the official Twitter is Shelter Cats P-O-D. There's a YouTube also called Shelter Cats, but it's, I haven't done much with it yet. I don't know what, what I'm doing with it. Uh, I'm teaching myself how to edit. Um, so if anybody knows video editing and wants to volunteer for the show, let me know. I could use some video editing. Um, but right now, well, anything video or visual goes on TikTok and Facebook and Instagram and uh, does pretty well. I also have a Medium blog, which you can become a member of. I blog every Saturday. The, it's called it's a sheltercats.medium.com or just go on Medium and search for Shelter Cats. Medium is a great, 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 great blogging platform for any interest you could possibly have. I love Medium. I love Medium a lot for for blogging and also reading, you know, the content that I'm interested in. And they have not sponsored this show. But if they want to, please reach out. Speaking of which, you can support the podcast on Spotify and Patreon. That would help me get better equipment and figure out YouTube and edit better, record better. I like to add video to these podcasts. So you can do that on Spotify. Look for the dollar sign. Um, Patreon, just search for Shelter Cats or reach out to me and I'll send you the link. And you get access to a WhatsApp group I have and a Discord server that I have. And, you know, but wouldn't mind getting a co-host. So be a Patreon supporter. I'll make you a co-host. So do that. You don't have to donate a penny. I still want to hear from you, and uh, I want to hear your stories. Even if you don't want to be on the show, send a picture. Tell me a story. Tell me about your cats. I love hearing those stories. I hear so many wonderful stories. And um, it leads to great conversations, which leads me to today's guest, uh, which is Kitty Kind Cats. They're located in New York City, Manhattan. And Marie, who's today's guests speaking on behalf of Kitty Kind Cats. She's been a volunteer with them for many, many years. They're in Union Square, which if you're not from New York, you know, Union Square is kind of a major, major part of Manhattan, uh, towards the lower part of Manhattan, I believe. And there's a park in the middle where where I've been to many kind of street fairs and, and farmers markets they have there. And there are plenty of there's plenty of famous stores around there. You know, it's a pretty big hub uh, that's been part of Manhattan for many, many, many years. And Kitty Kind has a space in a Petco, which has been part of Union Square also for many, many years. So, you know, New York City has, all, always has an overwhelming population of homeless cats. So I've had the honor of interviewing a few New York City organizations that are doing their part to just get the cats off the streets and get them homes because that's what it's all about you know the more we can get homes for the more we can get off the street and get into these shelters and get into situations where they could be cared for and, and, and find homes because that's what we want we want them all to get homes because they all deserve a nice loving home so with that out of the way here is my conversation with marie from Kitty Kind Cats. Enjoy. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, good. Welcome to the show. Thank you. 
Um, so this is the Shelter Cats podcast. It's all about giving a voice to everybody that does anything involving shelter cats, finding them homes, you know, animal rescue and, and whatnot. So obviously I wanted to have Kitty Kind on and not only adopted one of her one of her cats from, from you guys a few years ago. Uh, the cat's name was Trompy. I'm not sure if that was the name at Kitty Kind, but that was the name that she gave it. Trompy, not Trompy, that, Trompy. That sounds very familiar. I think that we may have uh, given that cat its name. I think a black and white cat, but I'd have to double check. But at any rate, would you mind, I guess, introducing yourself and how you got into cat rescue? Sure. My name is Marie. I am uh, a longtime volunteer at Kitty Kind, who has a physical space at Petco Union Square, graciously donated to us by the Petco Love Foundation and Petco Corporate. Um, I got into animal rescue through my mother, who was, when I was a kid, a volunteer for Sakaw, Staten Island Council for Animal Welfare. And so I saw how crazy it was, and still I decided I wanted to do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Um, how, how long have you been with Kitty Kind? Um, over, over 12 years. I think about 12 and a half, 13 years at this point. And how did you find them? Um, well, they were at Union Square. They've been at Union Square since the 90s. And um, so I knew them from there. And I had recently lost my job. Um, I work in publishing and we go through layoffs occasionally. It's, uh, it's pretty well known if you work in publishing that you're probably going to get laid off at some point. So I was looking for something to do with my time while I looked for another full-time job. And um, I decided to try Kitty Kind. They were close enough by, and um, I knew that they were always looking for volunteers. So um, I applied online, and I got an email back very quickly asking me when I wanted to come in and what I was interested in doing. And I started off cleaning cages, and I know that you're going to think I'm pulling um, a Tom Sawyer here saying cleaning cages is the best job at kitty kind and probably at any animal shelter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tell me, tell me, tell me more. Tell me why, tell me why you just said that. <laughs> because cleaning cages involves not just cleaning the cage, but spending a little time with each and every cat. Usually you're cleaning like six to eight cages for the hour that you're there and you're opening the cage, you're, uh, whispering sweet nothings to the cat in the cage. You're giving him snacks. Are you giving him dinner um, while you're, you know, getting rid of the nasty litter and wiping things up and freshening up the water? And then you get give the cat a little massage, a kiss on the head, and uh, then you can clean up and go on to the next cat. Oh. You really get to spend a lot of time with each and every cat, which is wonderful. You get to know them really well. Now, is this, is this, um, I've been to many Petco's and PetSmart. Is this its own room? Uh, no, I wish it was. Um, 
obviously real estate is at a premium in New York City. So um, right. we have some cages um, at the old Petco. So Petco recently moved. We were at a building on the northwest side of Union Square. It used to be one of Andy Warhol's factories. It was a, a factory building. And oh, wow. um, it actually it had been, after it was the factory, it was briefly a nightclub. And then it became Petco. And it was Petco for a very long time, like at least 25 years. Um, and we just moved to Tammany Hall, which is basically caddy corner from where we were. So, oh, very. Yeah, so we've been in two really famous buildings. Um, and we have cages that can be approached by the public and you can meet an animal in a cage. Um, there's lots of room for you to like poke your head in and pet. And for some of the smaller cats, like, you know, a friendly kitten, we can take them out and you can hug them um, and hold them. But we don't have a separate room, unfortunately. And um, so... Uh from, you know, obviously and whispering sweet nothings into the cats. Uh, I've never heard it put quite that way, but I like the way that sounds. <laughs> Have you, um, do, you, do you, if I tried that with my cats, they'd look at me like, no, it's not going to work. <laughs> Just feed me. Um, do you, are you involved in the actual adoption process? I am. I've done a bunch of jobs at Kitty Kind. Um, since I've been there for such a long time, I kind of float around and do whatever necessary now. So I am a floating adoption rep. I don't have a regular shift right now um, because it is very stressful. We are a pretty particular group and most of the adoption groups in New York City are um, there are, unfortunately, you know, we have a big population of people and there's some bad actors out there. And there's also people who just want a cat, but aren't necessarily ready for a cat at this point in their life. So we have to sort of figure out where you are in your life. And if this cat that you're applying for is the right cat for you. And if it's not, maybe we can steer you towards a cat that might be a better fit for your lifestyle. So it, during a shift, you might get three or four applications for, for cats and you have to interview each person and you check their references. And if they have had a, a vet, if they've had a pet before and they had a vet, we check with their vet to make sure they're a real person. And we also ask them to make a short video of their home. Now, when we're looking at your video of your home, we're not looking to see if you have, you know, a beautiful lifestyles of the rich and famous home. We're looking to make sure that your home is cat safe. Um, are cords out of the way? Are your windows screened? And if you have plants, we'll look up and see if they're toxic or not. And then we'll brainstorm a way for you to keep the plants away from the cats. Yes, I'm always amazed at how many people don't know certain plants are poisonous to cats. Yeah, I mean, it's not something you think about too often. I mean, even people who have cats, if your cats don't eat plants, you don't necessarily know that a plant can be poisonous because you think, oh, cats are outside all the time. If, they, if plants were poisonous, wouldn't they be getting sick? 
And, you know, that's a good point, but a lot of the plants that we have indoors are not plants that cats would necessarily encounter out in the wild, so. Well, by good fortune, I'm awful yes. at keeping plants, so I don't have any plants in my home at all. Um, <laughs> the one I had that was safe for cats, my first cat used to pee in and it died, so that Ooh. was for me. Um, but, I, but I digress. How many, I guess, and this is a fluid question, but I always ask because how many, is there an average that you adopt per week? Um, I missed the first part of your question. Um, was it how many cats we adopt out per year? How many do you have for adoption right now? I know, I know oh. now it's kitten season, so there's probably more. And yeah, how many, right now. How many, like, on average do you adopt out? Right now, we've, I think we've got about 50 cats for adoption through Kitty Kind. We also will post cats for individuals who, are, who need to rehome their cats and would prefer to do it on their own. So it may look like we have more cats. But we've got about 50 actively in the system right now, adoptable through Kitty Kind. And we adopt out probably... We're doing, um, it's an average of, I think, five to seven a week. So it's, uh, we're pretty active. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, do you have a network of fosters as well, or are they all in, in the Petco? We do have a very large and dedicated network of fosters. Uh, most of our cats are in foster. So our process is, is that we'll get a cat for adoption either through a rescuer, a good Samaritan, or somebody who needs to rehome their cat for some reason. Like maybe they have become ill and can no longer care for their cat, for example. Um, so for cats that we can't get a good assessment on or cats that um, we just don't have space for at the moment but need immediate placement somewhere, they go to one of our foster parents. And um, we have a variety of different people fostering and all for different reasons. Some people travel frequently for business, so they don't feel like they could have a cat full time, but they love being fosterers. Um, some people have already have pets at home and just like to have um, to be able to help groups like Kitty Kind by inviting cats into their home for foster. Um, some people have dogs in their home, but they like cat energy on occasion. So they'll foster for us, which is great. Um, we've had families who foster because they want to teach their children how to care for animals and they want to make sure that their kids grow up knowing that's great. How to how to care for a cat. So it's really they're such a special group of people and we couldn't do what we do without them. They're really great. And how long has um can you can you give me some of the history of Kitty Kind? Like how long it's been in operation? Um we have been around since the late nineties. Um oh wow. Yeah, I was not um involved with them at that point. Um, I know that we had a very, very um, nebulous reputation back then because we were, 
we kind of wanted people back then to prove to us that you were going to be a good home for a cat. Whereas now we have the attitude that we can work with you to be a, the right home for the right cat. So when I used to mention to people that I was at Kitty Kind, they would be like, oh, oh, the crazy place. <laughs> Because, of course, we were also at Petco Union Square, which has an incredible, uh, incredible visibility, a lot of traffic. So everyone knew who we were. And then, you know, on top of having the reputation of being very particular, um, (laughs) people thought we were a little batty. Um, But, you know, we've changed quite a bit now. We really want to work with with the public to find the right cat for them. And. If we don't have the right cat then, then we can refer them to other groups because, you know, anywhere someone gets a cat in New York City is helping the New York City uh, stray cat population. So we're happy to tell you about other groups that may be a better fit for you or a different place where you can have more interaction with a cat before you adopt, like some one of the many cat cafes. So we've been around since the late 90s. Um, a comedian wrote an essay about us that was published because we did not give him a cat. <laughs> and um, I think we have luckily been able to shed a lot of that reputation. Now we basically hear from people, oh, kitty kind, I have a friend who got a cat from you. Or I always come in to visit the cats when I come in to get my cat litter or my, my dog food. And so I think we're, we're a kinder group now, which is good for us and good for the cats. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know, every, everything evolves and certainly yeah. the process of adopting a cat and that's how I found uh, Kitty Kind. My friend who I've had on this show said to me, oh, you have to interview them. She had such a, a wonderful experience. That's so nice and, to hear. And Trompy was, uh, Trompy was an amazing cat. He, he featured in her episode. Aww. Apparently all the delivery people in her building knew of him. Some feared him. Some loved him. <laughs> but he had this reputation of being an amazing judge of character. So if somebody shady was at her door, he would alert her. So that only, is so great. Cat, he was like he was like a built-in alarm system for her apartment. Uh, wow. So you know, she just had has so many stories about Trumpy, and Trumpy came from Kitty Kind. That's um, so nice. So you you've been with them for many many years. Um, I, I can't not mention you know, the recent news of animal control closing their, their doors that they're. Yep. We interviewed um, other organizations from the five boroughs and the, the intensity and the emotion in the response made me almost wish I hadn't asked, but I have to ask how have, what have you seen in terms of, the homeless cat population, the, the whole New York City and, and homeless cats, have you seen a change for the better or for the worse since you've been involved? It got better for a brief period. And since the pandemic, it's unfortunately gotten worse. Um, when the pandemic happened, 
all the vets were closed for a brief period of time. And when they reopened, a lot of them reopened with smaller staff. Um, vets, just like many other people, had family obligations and maybe they needed to leave New York, go somewhere else. Um, I lost two of my favorite vets, unfortunately, because they had to leave New York when the pandemic happened to go help family in other states. Um, and the ACC, not the ACC, sorry, the ASPCA had stopped their um, spay and neuter van service, which is a vital service to the city of New York, both for the rescues and for um, low income people in the five boroughs. So people were having to get their cats and dogs neutered at uh, private vets who were now short-staffed had long wait lists and jacked up their prices because they had to. They had right. to start paying their staff more because it's hard to attract people when other people are leaving. Um, right now in Manhattan, it is $800 to neuter a cat with in a lot of vets, which is very, very high. It had like been that. around 400 before the pandemic. So it's, it's doubled in a lot of places. Um, so people who maybe found a cat and once the cat came of age and needed to get spayed or neutered, found out that they could not afford it. And the cat went out the door. It was oh. just very unfortunate. Um, now the ASPCA has reopened and the, they do have the spay and neuter vans back, but unfortunately they have not been able to staff up to uh, the same level that they had been staffed before in terms of vet techs and vets. So their, um, their appointments are limited. And uh, it's unfortunately made a big difference in New York. And now that the ACC is at capacity it's problematic. The summer, of course, is a tough time for everyone in animal rescue in New York because it's kitten season, um, which means there's more kittens being born and more kittens that need rescue. They need vet care. They need to get spayed and neutered. They need to be dewormed. Um, and the summer is when people are um, going on vacation. Kids are out from school, so kids have to be taken care of. A lot of people just don't have the time to put into adopting and training a new animal. So I'm hoping things get a little better in the fall, which is usually when adoptions pick up for us and pick up for the other groups. So hopefully that will help. The ACC has a program that's called New Hope, where they work with groups like Kitty Kind. They reach out to us and um, they place animals that they cannot care for with other groups. So they'll work with a rabbit rescue, for example, because they do get rabbits for adoption at, um, at the ACC. And their rabbit room is relatively small. And when they, they're at capacity, they reach out to the rabbit rescues and ask if, if they can take rabbits. Um, most of the groups in New York City do take cats and dogs through the New Hope program, which is how the ACC has been able to get what they call their live release rate so high. So live release rate means an animal gets out of the shelter alive to a new home. 
Um, and before things got bad this summer, um, their live release rate was over 95%. It was excellent. Because wow. we're also talking about animals that come in that are unfortunately too sick to be adopted or animals that come in with the police because they may have bitten another animal or a child. Um, they may be in, suspected of having rabies. So those animals may not be eligible for adoption. So a live release rate of over 95% is practically no kill. And that's where they were last year, even at this time, even in the summer. So I know they can get there again and they will get there again, but right now it's really tough, obviously. Yeah. One of my, my most recent foster family that I, that I pulled from ACC with the help of a Long Island rescue. So oh, that's great. I'm well aware of that. I, I love them. I couldn't, I'm, I'm an awful foster person. I failed three times. <laughs> I've only failed twice. <laughs> you'll get there. My last three were foster fails. Everyone, listen, just do a podcast. Stop trying to foster. You're, you're awful at it. <laughs> and he, they love him. They, they have accepted him as a brother. How, how could I get rid of him to another I know. home? Yeah, once so the I other said, animals yeah. fall in love, that's it. It's over. <laughs> they all cuddle together. How <gasps> could I? How could I in good conscience you know, disrupt his peace by re by finding him another home. He found his home. So yeah, I know, I know that program. It was please. He has hours to go. Look at his face. I said yes. Please bring him here. Um. So I know that I know that program well, and and you know I appreciate your your outlook, your big picture outlook. I I I'm hopeful they get back to that point. Um. Because I know there there's there's always a big big need. Um. So is, uh, two, two more questions? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so other than, you know, obviously you help people that need to unfortunately rehome, how do cats find their way into your system? We is work it... with a lot of rescuers. So people who are actually doing TNR, trap, neuter, return, right. and finding friendlies in their feral communities. So we work with people throughout the, the um, New York City area, some a little bit outside of New York, up in places like Westchester and Yonkers, and some people in Jersey City. Oh. Uh, yeah. Um, so we get a lot of amazing cats from diverse populations, and uh, some are quite spectacular and very beautiful. Those those make the best cats because they are the most appreciative. All mine are rescues, and all mine they still thank me when I feed them. Oh, my legs! Like you don't have to thank me. You're gonna get fed, I promise you. But they're like, oh, thank you. This is awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, they remember. They make the most of they they. That's why I'm such a big proponent of a you know rescue and adopting because they make the most appreciative, thankful cats. I mean, I've I've had some for almost 10 years and they're still like they just got here you know they're so thankful that's so great um but listen thank you for everything you do um with, with kitty kind you may have even had a role in trompy getting adopted to my friend april 
I might have. That would be amazing. <laughs> um, you know, thank you for everything you do. I know it's tough in, in New York City. I'm not even going to get into the bodega cats. I heard that. Oh yeah, we have some. We have some bodega cats for adoption right now. They were bodega kittens, and uh, they're um, on their way to their new home shortly. We hope. I mean, they will be. Everyone gets a home. That's awesome. Thank you for yeah. everything you do. Thank you to Kitty Kind. How many cats do you have? Is my last question. I have three. Um, I had four. One unfortunately recently passed away. He was 12. Um, I have my oldest cat is going to be 18 this month. And wow. he is from City Critters. Um, another group that um, is inside of Petco. And then I have two foster fails from Kitty Kind. And they're, they're <laughs> a little younger. And do you, and you, you expect to foster fail again, I assume? <laughs> I think the next cat will be more intentional. I think the next cat will be an adoption. That's awesome. 18 is an amazing age for, for a cat. Yeah, when, um, when he was adopted, the, um, the adoption rep said that she thought he was part Siamese. And <laughs> uh, based on his lifespan and the amount that he talks... I think he might be part Siamese. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep, I, I've always heard they're the most talkative. Yeah. Awesome. Well, listen, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show, and thanks for. Thank you. you did. When when I reached out to Kitty Kind, they said you have to talk to Marie. She knows everything. <laughs> she knows more than anybody. She's the most knowledgeable of our volunteers. You have to have. So, trust me. You know, it'll be worth it. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks thank for you. everything you do. And, and we'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you so much. And thanks for giving us the opportunity to talk about cats. We, anytime I can talk about cats is a good time. <laughs> Absolutely. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Take care. Take care. And the cat man here. How awesome was that? Just, I could go on. I could ask so many questions. I just love, I love hearing these stories. I love hearing from people that are far more involved in, in finding cats' homes than I. You know, I, I've fed colonies. I've done things. I've volunteered. But I do a podcast. These people are there finding homes for cats. And that's why it's so important that we speak to that I speak to people like like Marie, who, who take time out of their day, clean cages, find cats' homes, and just, just making a difference. That's all that it's about, is making a difference. My friend April, she was on the episode Cats and Frog Rock. She adopted Trumpy from Kitty Kind, and I'm sure you've you heard the episode. If not, you know, once I'm done, go back and listen. You know, Trumpy was an amazing cat, and that's why she told me you have to you have to speak to Kitty Kind. They're great, great people. And I'm just so appreciative that they take their time from their busy schedules to talk to a little old me. So I hope hope you enjoyed that episode. Um, we're coming towards the end of what I'm calling season one of the Shelter Cats podcast. So the Shelter Cats podcast season one will end on October 1st with episode 26. So two to go. 
And then we'll have our season finale uh, where I interview an organization in Utah. And um, then I'm going to take October off from the podcast and just spend time with my cats. And while I'll work with new groups and new people to interview for season two, which I'm hoping will include video as well. So I'm hoping for an even bigger season two. So hope you enjoyed and we'll see you in the next episode.